Good afternoon, uh, Winnie. Uh, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity to talk with you, to have a podcast, and I will also uh, put it on YouTube with you. It's an honor for you to, give, to get the opportunity uh, to interview you. So if you could share your experience. Maybe let me introduce you, uh, uh, introduce uh, Winnie Riskining Ayu uh, is the champion of uh, table topic speech at Toastmaster District 87 contest held on 30th of May 2020. And I'm Rona Watiwongso, your host. Welcome, Winnie. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Toastmaster Rona. It's a pleasure for me to be part of your uh, podcast as well as your YouTube video. And hopefully by this I can share my experience not only on the um, district competition, but also Toastmaster and public speaking as a whole. Yeah, thank you very much. I think um, if you could share about your experience, your journey in Toastmaster with all of us. So I started Toastmasters in 2017, actually. It was actually just a coincidence. So at that time, I was having my sabbatical. So I was working in oil and gas for, I think, around 11 year-ish. And I decided to take one year sabbatical. So I'm not working just to figure out. I wasn't working, so I, I used that time to figure out what I want in life and where my life's direction was going to go. And I often visit at America in Pacific Place for their events because it's interesting and it involves USA uh, education, which is something that I, at that time, I was trying to pursue. And one evening, I bumped into a Toastmaster meeting. So I've heard about Toastmaster for quite a while. Ever since I worked in Balikpapan, I've heard about Toastmaster. But in Balikpapan at that time, there was only close Toastmaster Club, only for Chevron employees. I was working for Slumberger back then. So I could not join the Toastmaster Club. So when I bumped into the Toastmaster meeting, I thought, you know what, I'll just give it a try. So I came, right? So I came as a guest. And then there was a top table topic session. And I decided that uh, I'd just raise my hand and try the table topics. And it went great. Uh, I think I came as a guest for like four to six times before actually deciding to just register as a Toastmaster members. And ever since that time, I was a proud, I am a proud member of Toastmaster uh, Metropolitan Club. And I really feel like I get a new family in Toastmaster. So on 2017, I joined Toastmaster for a year before I decided to jump into the Exco's wagon. I was a VPE from, I think, 2018-2019. I was the VPE for uh, the club. And at that time, we were transitioning between the old curriculum and the new curriculum pathway. And at that time, because I was on my sabbatical, so I kind of like applied a lot of managerial skills that I learned in my work into my work as VPE. So creating a transition, so um, encouraging the member old and new to embrace Pathway, create a program called Pathway Pioneers, and build some sort of like knowledge management on Pathway. And 
I feel like Toastmaster is not only about public speaking, but also applying a lot of life skills like managerial skills, uh, strategic planning skills, even transformation, your, your, your transformation skills. If you're in, if you're in a managerial position and you need to do transformation, you would need certain set of skills. And I think that Toastmasters also helped me cultivate those kind of skills. And not only that, I got a new family. Uh, we were we were so close as an ex-coes at that time, and I and I carry the friendship until now with me. And obviously, one of the most exciting part to be a Toastmaster is the competition, because I think it is a very powerful tool for everyone. So not only me, because you got a stage, you got people actually paying attention. So if you could use that to leverage your purpose in life, whatever message that you want to deliver. For me, it's a, it's a platform to uh, spread the message of the importance of well-being. Um, so I think competitions and, and other opportunities like that to speak in front of the public is a privilege. So it's not only, it's not only a chance to compete, but it, it is also a chance to spread a message. That's, that's why it really, uh, it really gets me, and I think that's why I stayed in Toastmaster until now. So before 2017, when you joined uh, Toastmaster, were you engaged uh, with kind of uh, public speaking or anything involving uh, public speaking or trainer or teacher? Or this is like uh, the first time that you know you engage in the in the communication field. I see. So I actually started quite early. So I was a debater. I would like to still consider myself a debater, but I haven't debated um, for quite a while now. I started joining the English debate team when I was in high school, actually. And during my university years, I even considered that my major is debating and my minor is my real university major. So mm-hmm. I was pretty much uh, heavily involved in English debate. Um, we use British parliamentary as well as the Asian parliamentary and Australian parliamentary system. and Actually, English debate really helps me not only in becoming a more engaging and convincing speakers, but also it helps me in shaping critical thinking, as well as the importance of having an evidence-based um, argument. Mm-hmm. So, to put it to put it in some way, debate was uh, the very first um, introduction I have into not only public speaking, but also public narratives. And it gives me a really good fundamentals on it. And after that, I haven't done debating. I hadn't, had not done debating, actually, um, ever since I graduated from university. And in my job uh, in oil and gas, I did, not use, I did not use public speaking that much. Communication, uh, of course, we communicated every day, but not in the sense like um, public communication. Until I, I think in my ninth or tenth year in oil and gas i worked for a u.s company called paradigm and there i was a business development manager for asia pacific and that is i think the first time that i get to use my skill again in a professional setting because i mostly need to do a persuasive presentation to stakeholders and clients and uh, after Paradigm, I took sabbatical, and that's where I get into Toastmaster. So essentially, public speaking has become inseparable part of my life. I actually, if people looked at me, they would think that I'm an extrovert. Therefore, I love speaking and all that. Actually, I'm not. I'm actually an introvert who loves to talk about anything but herself. 
So my one of my biggest weaknesses is that I, I it's very hard for me to talk about to talk about myself. I literally like to talk about anything else, but but it's quite hard to talk about myself. So Toastmaster is one of the safe place for me to do that, I guess. So um, I can see that uh, since you were in debate, you know, so I can see like when you were in the contest that you could think very quickly and find you know your speech very quickly. I would say like. You think very little and then just you started the speech, you know. I know that it needs practice, yeah. Mm -hmm. After joining Toastmaster for three years, even though you have been having a passion to speak, what benefits do you think that you can get from, you get from Toastmaster? So aside from a lot of skills that I learned in Toastmaster, like the leadership skill, managerial skill, I think if you're talking about table topic here in, in specific, uh, the ability to do an impromptu speech to think on your feet, I think is, it's very important in my career because oftentimes if you're trying to meet somebody is important, they would not have time to talk that much with you. And the moment you met them, it can be just a quick five minutes or like 10 minutes conversation with them. It can be an elevator pitch. It can be, okay, convince me why I need your service in five minutes. So those sort of thing, uh, these, uh, these situations happens in, in my, uh, throughout my entire career. And I think the ability to concoct a speech uh, from table topics, to think on my feet, to, to think of an idea, not only think of an idea, but to articulate the idea clearly and in orderly manner, but also still appeal to the audience is a really important skill that everyone can use in their career and their life. Because there will be a lot of times when, you know, you don't have time to prepare. Uh, you are faced with a situation and you need to respond as quickly as possible, but also in the clearest and most logical manner. So the table topic impromptu speech skills actually really helps me in this sense. Mm, thank you. And now that you won the number, the champion of table topic speech, maybe if you can share with us if there is any formula, elements, or secrets to win the table topic speech? Well, table topic is quite different with prepared speech, but also they have the element that's, that's quite similar because people think that if you're, if you're competing in table topic, you do not need to practice or, you know, you don't know the question anyway, so why bother? I think the preparation uh, in table topic itself, the, the pre-competition preparation is already 70% of the game. It's already 70% of the, of the whole competition. Why? Because if you better to practice, then especially with virtual contests like this, it's, um, it's very different with the usual contest. Uh, you need to prepare technicalities, you know, sound, visual. How do you want to look like in the screen? What sort of clothes that you need to wear? What's your background? Uh, what's the mic that you're going to use? Do you, are you going to use the computer speaker? Are you going to use headsets like this? Um, there's a lot of elements into it. Whether you're framed correctly in the middle, uh, whether you're going to show your elbows or not, uh, how, you, how are you pronouncing, pronouncing things? Are your mic clear? Is there any delay? How's your internet connection? You know, all of those technicalities really adds up to the, to the preparation. And just one minor fault can really uh, become a stumble, stumbling block later on in the competition. 
And part of the preparation is not only technicalities, but also to, to practice. Because when it comes to table topic, you cannot prepare exactly the same topic that would happen at B-Day, right? But you, you can prepare with any sort of topics, whether it is the topic that you're comfortable with, you're uncomfortable with, and you, you get the sense of how yourself as an individual responds to, to questions. Like, uh, to be honest, I'm a person who believes that if you have a goal, get a coach. And if you have a goal, be a coach. So I'm a coach as well, but I also need a coach. So for my uh, table topic competition, I actually got a coach. So a friend of mine who's also um, quite fluent in uh, public, pub, public narratives and public speaking, I asked for his help to be my coach. And what is essentially a coach is doing is not teaching you. A coach gives you an extra set of eyes, an extra set of ears, and an extra set of realities. Because when you're doing the speech, you only rely to your eyes, your ears, and your sense of reality of what's happening. So if you get a coach, then you will, you will have an extra eyes. Uh, you might feel like, oh, I look okay. While in fact, uh, Winnie, you're, you're actually unclear. You blend into your background. And that's the sort of feedback that I can use, and that's why I use uh, bright color. I use red uh, during the competition. I wore red during the competition, and that's uh, to be to be able to be feasible against the white and green background, so that it create contrast. I also use his uh, extra set of ears to to not only listen to whether my voice is clear, my pronunciation is clear, my pacing is right, but also the content of my table topic, and ask him to throw me questions that I come that I am comfortable with and I'm not comfortable with just to just to get a sense of everything so be it prepared speech or table topics you need preparation different kind of preparation but nonetheless you need to prepare and the preparation itself for me it's already 70% or more of the whole game right uh, the more you prepare the more you get the sense of how you would respond or react to something um, when people ask me how, what to prepare for table topic, I would say that um, one of the tips that I always have is relate that to your personal experience. So you can, you can get a question, you can get a statement, and you can always answer it in the most generic terms possible. But remember that you have an audience, your judge is also an audience, and your audiences are human. And how to relate to human is actually by telling stories by telling stories that they can relate to. And what human can relate to is usually an experience that the other human has had. Because we all share the same feelings, we all share the same reactions, we all share the same more or less um, emotional uh, states, like fear, anger, sadness, happiness, joy, stuff like that. So uh, I always like to say that in Table Topic, try, try to imbue that with your personal story. It can be a personal story that directly relate with the answer, or it can be a personal story that it might not seem to relate, but once you start giving meaning to that personal story and can find the connection with the, um, with the answer of the table topic, with the answer of the statement, or with what you think of the statement, I guess it would add more gravity into the content of your speech and how you relate to your audience. Uh, you said that you have a coach. 
Is it a, a coach or mentor from Toastmaster or outside of Toastmaster? And how long have you had a coach? Uh, it's not a mentor. So uh, I'm, I'm a big believer on both mentoring and coaching. And the difference between the two is very stark. When it's a mentor, a mentor is someone who shows you the rope. It's a long-term um, development, and usually they show you how to do things. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, I have, I personally have um, quite affluent mentors in my life. Right now I have three. Uh, all of them are, we're not talking about Toastmaster, we're talking about life. Uh, these three mentors is actually my mentors in my life and in my careers. Those three helps me in navigating not only the, um, energy sector which is where i'm working at right now but also uh, helping me navigating the paths that i can take into who i want to be in the future so mentor is more of a long-term thing um, and it takes commitment uh, those people has been my mentor for years and right now i'm also a mentor for some people and i know that it's a it's a commitment so i don't i know that my mentors does not take main tea lightly they usually only have one until three main tea per year and i try to do the same i only take like i think maximum three main teas a year because that would really that would really require me sharing a part of myself and uh not only sharing but also showing the rope um teaching as well as giving insight while coaching is different thing. Coaching is when you want to improve on a very specific matter, right? And this coach that I had, he, he's not from Toastmaster. I've had him as my coach just for the table topic competition, honestly. So one week before the competition, uh, we did two coaching sessions before the competition. Um, why I choose the non-Toastmaster coach? Because I want to go outside the box because I need somebody who's literally not familiar with anything that Toastmasters do, our values, how we deliver speech and all that, to give me a fresh set of eyes on how can I improve. Because having a coach meaning that he or she will do an observation of how I'm doing things and will help me to discover the best way to achieve that goal so for me that the goal i told my coach was that my goal is to improve my impromptu speech ability especially in this contest because it is done virtually and this is my first virtual speaking contest so we really focus on the virtual aspects of it and because because my coach is somebody that often uh held online trainings and online fgd so he's quite He's quite fluent in the psychology of virtual meetings and virtual trainings. That's why um, I, I choose a spot that frame myself. I use that door over there because it perfectly framed me. I choose uh, red clothes because it's contrasting with, uh, contrasting with the background. And, I, and, I, and we also discuss about the, the distance of my laptop camera and the door so that the audience can see my um, can see my uh, can see my whole hand movement and my gesture, so that my hands does not you know appear comes and go out of camera like this. Mm -hmm. So and also where where should I move? Uh, if I move right, if I move left, what should I do? Um, how far I can move the gesture and all that. So I use him. 
to help me point out things that I'm that I'm definitely missing. Uh, so that's 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 the coach that I use. But in facing Toastmaster competition, also I've had uh, mentors from Toastmaster. I still consider some of my Toastmaster mentors as my public speaking mentors until now, because this is not my first competition. I've been competing for quite a while since 2017. Uh, I've got the um, first place as well for table topics, but in Bahasa Indonesia and Bahasa Melayu language in 2017 if I'm not mistaken. And I've also competed in prepared speech in district level uh, for international speech. And I've used, I've used the privilege of having Toastmaster mentors in helping me doing the speech. Um, so I guess, uh, and because they're my mentors, they really care of how I develop as a speaker from the beginning of time I'm in that Toastmaster club until now. It's, it's quite different uh, with a coach, really. And right now, I'm also uh, coaching some of the um, non-Toastmaster non speakers in preparing uh, public narrative. But, but that's coaching, so it really, really goes deeply into the material that they're preparing, how they're going to deliver it virtually, um, what are the flows, what are they missing, and, and stuff like that. So I'm a big believer in coaching and mentoring both from Toastmaster and non-Toastmaster, because I think mentoring is one of the way to develop others by developing yourself, while coaching is one of the way to reach your goal, be it get a coach or be a coach. Hmm. I think you mentioned several times that you are also coaching people. Uh, is it, uh, do you mean like professional coaching actually, at, uh, in addition to working full-time, then you are also a part-time coach? Of a freelance. Uh, okay, so one of my passion is actually sharing about public speaking, public narratives, and storytelling. So, uh, as part of my give back or as part of my extracurricular activities, I'm involved in a lot of um, foundations, a lot of non-profit organizations, and I help them develop public narratives. I help several initiatives like. There are this, there are this initiative. There's, th there are this youth initiative called Think Policy. It is a collective of people who cares about public policy making in Indonesia, and we we already have two boot camps. So we select from a lot of applicants. We select several numbers of them, and we we empowers them on public policy. So we got people graduated from. Uh, Harvard Kennedy School of Government, the Ivy Leagues, Oxford and Cambridge as the um, facilitators. And I'm privileged enough to be one of the facilitators as well. So I became and still I am the facilitator for public narrative and public speaking for Think Policy. So um, the second bootcamp uh, were divided into groups called capstone groups. And this capstone groups needs to present their solution on several um, problem that this nation is facing in regards to the um, organization that you know serves as their client for example the issues of public private partnership the issue of um, effective communication during COVID, the issue of um, alternative resources as tools to decentralize economy and all that and i help this capstone groups in crafting their stories. I help them in crafting their visual because it's presentation. I also help them in uh, in their delivery 
later on in the webinar. So that's one of the extracurricular that I take. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of give backs because I believe that the only way that I, that I can learn is by teaching others. But I also do a side professional coaching outside of my job. Uh, usually I help uh, startups as well as social medium enterprise to help them doing their pitching. So pitching is um, one other form of public narrative or public speaking. It's not a speech. It's a pitch. Usually you do that to... Uh, you, you do that to get capital or get funding or get partnership from an investor. So I help uh, startups and small, medium enterprise uh, craft their uh, pitching skills as well. I also help some professionals in developing their personal and, and team um, skills in order to do a more audience-centric, a more intimate presentation like, for example, there's this oil and gas company that I help their engineering team in uh, developing their presentation skills so that it does not it does not sound too technical so that people can relate to any technical presentation and so that and so that uh, they can think of presentation not as just a boring you know slides that you have to read, but as a way to connect to people, a way to connect to the director board, a way to connect to the fellow team, as well as the way to connect to the to the stakeholders and clients. So yeah, I, I do both professional coaching um, as well as the nonprofit coaching as uh, as part of you know living my life based on my purpose and sharing the knowledge that I, that I already have. Mm, thanks for sharing. Uh, I think uh, one last question is that uh, I think you have a very detailed preparation and really prepare very well. Uh, do you always dream to be, let's say, a winner of the world champion, or do you have a certain goal that you want to reach? Right. Of course, I have a certain goals that I want to reach, but ever since uh, 2016, I started to learn mindfulness, and I started to learn about well-being, mental well-being, as well as physical well-being. I realized that my goal is now no longer uh, a quantity. It's no longer a title, uh, put it that way. My goal is more of a quality. So for the table topic speech uh, district competition, my goal at that time, it, I have two goals. First of all, I have to ace um, delivering speech virtually because I've never delivered speech virtually. I've done thousands of Zoom meetings. I've done... Uh, I've done trainings through Zoom, but giving speech through Zoom, I've never done that. That's my first one. So the goal is to get through that uh, with excellence. And the second goal is actually to improve my impromptu uh, speech skill because I see myself as somebody who can use the impromptu skills even 20 or 30 years from now. So I will always grow. And I think... To set the goal on something that is qualitative like that, more of a more of a quality, helps me more because regardless the title, regardless the championships, um, whether I won or lost, I will focus on the real goal that I have. So if if I, for example, if I if I won a competition but I don't feel like myself is improving, I'm not winning for 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 my standard. But if I lost the competition and I feel like 
I've been improving greatly from uh, point A to point B, then I consider myself winning. So uh, the goal is there, yes, but the goal is something different. So my ultimate goal is that I can use public speaking, public narrative, and storytelling as a tool not only to influence people, but also to influence a nation on ideas. That's mm. my future goal. Mm, okay. Thank you for sharing. So basically, I think if we can get the takeaway, I think one, I think you use the public speaking basically to reach your dream, uh, to although not in terms of title, but to become who you are and use it as uh, a means to uh, dissipate ideas Yes. Maybe like the public policy, like you said, and you really uh, work on it with a lot of practice and you uh, you also use a coach and e even have a mentor in Toastmaster and you also become a coach as well to give back to the community, basically to have maybe uh, new leaders which can also give or dissipate ideas to the public. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Winnie, for the time, and it's been an honor. Uh, if there's anything on the, uh, the last thing you want to convey, please do. Um, first of all, it's a pleasure to be having this interview. I really, I really don't think I deserve the privilege, really, but I think if there's one thing that I can, I can convey to uh, the listener or the, those who watch this video is that in life, every now and then, you will get the stage. It's not about the spotlight. It's not about the stage. It's not about the trophy that comes with the stage. By the end of the day, the question is, what are you going to do with the stage? It's a choice that each and every one of us has to make. Are you going to use the stage to just fulfill your ego for trophy? That's fine as well. Are you going to use the stage as nothing, basically? Are you going to not use the stage because you're scared? Or are you going to use the stage to convey to use the stage? It is scary to have the spotlights on. It is scary to have every eyes on you. Everyone dedicate their time to watch you. It is scary, but the time when you feared something the most is usually the time when you have to say something that matters the most. And for me, I think my life is going to be a journey of keep on reminding myself to use that stage to deliver an ideas, to deliver knowledge, to deliver what I believe that can make a world a better place. I guess that's it. Thank yeah. you. Beautiful words. Uh, thanks for sharing, Winnie, and thank you for having you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me.